Well, <laughs> welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbeck. With me, Dulcie Mack. Hey. Highway Diary, episode 319. I think we nice. f- I first laid eyes on you here. I never knew oh, who really? you were. And then I walk in the green room that time when Schubert was uh, here, headlining. Oh, yeah, yeah, Did I see you another time? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, whoa, this girl's hilarious. Do you just you just kind of moved here from L.A., right? Or you? I moved back from L.A. to Houston. That's mostly where I live. Um, I've lived here. And then I moved to Austin. Just recently. How long ago? From Houston? From June. In June. In June. Yeah. Okay. I moved to Houston back in October, and then I moved here in June. Okay. Yeah. Um, you wrote this on Facebook. Okay. September 23rd at 11.09 p.m. Oh, there are times. Okay. Late night. Unlike everyone else, I would never lie and tell you a good set if it was bad. That helps nobody. Am I supposed to explain what I meant? Um, I just hate when people say a good set when it was bad. Like, you know you bombed and then you get off and they're like, good set. I'm like, why would you say that? Nobody laughed. Yeah. I sucked. Yeah. You should say, you suck, bitch. How about do better next time? (laughs) Yeah, or like, that was rough, but you made it or something. (laughs) But good set? I hate it. You you don't like fakeness? No, I don't like the fake good set thing. I think it's rude. Like, some people I know say it just because they say it to everyone, but I think it's, I hate it. Yeah. It's rude to me. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like... Uh, like a white lie, like, oh, your dress looks good. Yeah. Even if it's, like, stained or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. So, but I see you performing everywhere. You just perform with Jamar, Jamar Neighbors at the Creek in a Cave. You're making moves. I think you have a good mentality. Yeah. You have a good work ethic. Most of the time, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, the show at Creek was fun. Um, I go... Jamar put Comedy Central next to my name on the flyer, so that was a little frustrating for me. I did um, prepare for this interview by going to IMDb and t- typing in Dulcie Mac uh, after I saw Comedy Central next to her name, and I and it turned it yielded no results. Yeah, no results on yeah. IMDb. No. Uh, there yeah. was like a Dulcie someone else. Dulcie Sloan. Yeah, which, a black lady. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that, yeah, that doesn't look like Dulcie Mac to me. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I texted Jamar and I was like, why'd you put that next to my name? And he was like, I don't know. I think he added me last minute and that was already there. Okay. And I was like, people are t- asking me, like, what's up with that? And yeah. then I was like, can you, like, change it? He's like, no, it's already up there. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, whatever. And then I was like, when they look it up, and I sent a picture of Dulce Sloan, and I was like, this is what's going to come up. Yeah. um, But yeah, other than that, the show was great. Um, I met him in New Orleans. I mean, I knew him from doing some roast battles in L.A. before I moved to New Orleans, but then he came through New Orleans because he did the movie Keanu with uh, Jordan Peele. But uh, then he was like, I mean, not only was he filming a movie 10 hours a day, he was doing every single mic all all night. Like, he's like a monster. Yeah. He'll he'll show up to freaking the coffee house and do whatever bullshit mic. Like, he's works. Uh, Dulcie Mac, you said this September 14th (laughs) at 9.45 a.m. You just woke up, you know, bright and early. Yeah. And then you were thinking about old times in Los Angeles. And you said, when I lived in L.A., me and Shawnee... Betancourt would get so drunk, we'd wake up and she'd be like, karaoke last night was so fun, great idea. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? Apparently, I'd ask for karaoke violently when I'm blacked out. Yeah. Your L.A. days. Yes. Um, My friend Shauna, she drinks a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can drink a lot, but I will be blacked out and no one will know. (laughs) So I guess I I asked for specific things like karaoke... Um, I make people play Gucci Mane, um, wherever we are. I ask for food, a lot of food. Yeah. One time I made people stop four times for food because I kept forgetting that I ate. But 
so then just the bags are like piling up in the in the car basically and you're just like going on a run yeah i was with david lucas and i made them stop at david lucas and grace kirk and i made them stop at fat burger and I got into an argument in there because I accidentally had ordered, like, 200 burgers. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that wasn't me. No, yeah. It was. I'm sorry, Fat Burger. <laughs> so then they're, like, 200, and then you're like, I meant, oh. It was realistically, like, 30. Do you have like karaoke? Can you play Gucci Mane? Like, yeah. this is Fat Burger. Gucci <laughs> Mane. I said Gucci Mane, though. Um, so you just went back... Uh, I think the last time I tried to book you for the podcast, you were in New York and then L.A. Um, earlier this month, you played Brooklyn. Did you have a, a comedy vacation up there in New York? Not really. Before COVID, I used to travel a lot because a lot of my friends moved to like San Diego, L.A., Chicago, and New York. So I would always go visit so I don't have to pay for a place to stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's great. But I was going to visit my friend in Brooklyn, and then I was like, I might as well do spots there. So I just reached out to people there and in L.A., and I got a couple of spots, which was cool. I had to change some of my jokes. I've never done stand-up, like, in other cities. Uh-huh. So I had to change a bunch of my jokes so they would get them. Cause... Like, how, like what references um, were they not... You had like Bucky's. <laughs> no, not Bucky's, but I did. I do have something small. I say like about Jimmy John's and then H E B. I think they um, have Jimmy John's in L A. In L A. Well, I was in New York, okay. and then my friend was like, "We don't have Jimmy John's here. We just have the bodega." And I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." Yeah, they got Subway, a couple Blimpies every now and then. If you rub your hands and make a wish, and then they have Jersey Mike's, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, but. Um, the Brooklyn show I had too. The first one was the first one he was doing, so it was only like three people. Oh, like the but, promoter that you went with yeah. that just started. Yeah, and but it was it was a cool room. It was fun. Um, and then the second one got canceled, and then I just um, yeah. blacked out in New York. You know, I left my friend Victor Tran at a bar. I felt really bad about that, but. I ordered food, so I had to get home. <laughs> oh, right. Once you eat, you're like, uh, yeah. sleepy times. Um, like, how are you at, at coping with the stresses of performance? Because sometimes I have a bad performance. I have some sad times, you know. I'll, you know, be eating a four, 200 fat burgers on the way home, crying. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you deal with, like, bad shows or great sad? <laughs> I I deal with my performance better than I deal with other people's bullshit, I guess. If I have a bad performance, I usually just, like, go home, watch stand-up, like, rewrite shit, like, listen to the recording again and see what I did. Sometimes I can't listen to the recording right away because I'm not ready. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess I I just stay positive and I'm, like it can go well next time or whatever but if someone tells me great set when i just bombed really hard i usually go no and i like go outside (laughs) yeah (laughs) catch me outside (laughs) um are you still doing the karaoke blackout sessions or was that more like an la thing like when you're with shawnee bentoncourt is that where that happens she brings the karaoke black blackout out of you or um yeah well she works kind of in karaoke so it's easier with her oh yeah so it's free when i'm with her but i have gone in houston (laughs) (laughs) she's just in the karaoke business it's like it's like escorts but with karaoke it's like Korean escorts. It's called a domi in Cape Town in LA. Okay. So they don't like hook up with anyone, but they pay you to talk to them. So it's sixty dollars an hour plus tips. And to you, sit with a Korean to sit girl with and Korean talk- dude and uh, oh, talk to them. Dudes. The Korean ladies do it too, but they only like Korean dudes. So, sorry. 
Because they speak Korean? I think it, so. so I speak, think they don't speak English? Yeah, hardly. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's why. But they sing karaoke and drink. I've mm. gone a couple times just because she didn't want to talk to the dude. and. So she paid the money and then was like bored with him? Yeah. And then she's like, come <laughs> talk to him. He's boring. So I would just go talk to the guy. <laughs> the and... Korean pro- talk prostitute. Yeah. Mm. Was so, he handsome? Was he well dressed? He smell good. I the mean, Korean they're talk like prostitute? there's like famous people that go to these places, so it's not just like weird Korean guys, but there are some hot Korean men out there. Yeah, yeah. I went to a place like that. It wasn't. It was you know, K Town has its own culture, its own venues. Like you can't smoke inside uh, cigarettes, but in Koreatown, they just don't give a fuck. It's like okay, tell yeah. the ordinance what they do, and then they smoke inside. But I went to a rough pool hall in K-Town that was fucking great. Uh, you know, a little, I got a little drunk, played some pool with my friends, but uh, they were smoking inside. There was, like, gambling going on. There was drugs going on. Yeah, we were there from, lit. like, 1 to 3 in the morning. Um, and it was just like, wow, I would have never known about this. All right. <clears throat> All right, I have to I have to channel my mom for this next question. How's oh, your God. how's your sciatica? <laughs> Did you get a diagnosis? Are you in physical therapy? How's your sciatica? Oh, it's bad today. Yeah. Um, I cancel a lot of things because, like, I can't move. Um, but it started when I was, like, 24, I think. I used to do a lot of yoga and mountain biking and, like, backpacking. I was really active. And then it just started one day, but during the pandemic, it got really bad, I think, because I was at home a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I couldn't move for, like, two weeks. Like, it would just, you like, had pain down your legs. Yeah, it's terrible. So, I was like, I need to go to the ER. I'm only on my parents' insurance for, like, one more year, so right, I right. go hey, now. Hey, use it. Um, but I went there. It was in California, so they, like, took an x-ray, and then she came back in and she's like well it's not from an injury basically your tailbone didn't fuse with the rest of your spine so it's kind of like loose okay in my body well like it doesn't just like move everywhere but like if i make a wrong move it just goes out of place um so the nerves are connected to a dangling piece of tailbone yes oh can they fuse that together it's like they need to put a pin in it to secure it I, or Everyone tells me to not get surgery, so I haven't really looked into it too much. I know there's one that they just straight up take your tailbone out, Mm -hmm. which is kind of scary. But she basically, she told me um, that I couldn't have doggy style anymore. Like, she actually said this to me. Um, Shauna was there. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, let's do karaoke. (laughs) But standing up. (laughs) (laughs) This, I just paid this Korean man $75, but it's so boring. <laughs> um, You're like, but, I can't move. Yeah, but so yeah, what are the different treatment it. options? Okay. They put a shot in at that time, and that helped. Um, but basically, I have to do like a bunch of physical therapy, and but I can't afford it anymore. Um, and then I have to do like stretches and shit. And I was actually reading, well, before you got here about, like, sciatica and all that. <laughs> you started was, my questions, and you're like, yeah, what am I doing yeah, about what my sciatica? Yeah, what should I do? I'm still trying to manage that. So, I don't know. You know, Nick Roche, uh, I fell off his deck, um, oh, and no. I had a transverse process fracture on my spine. And that I went to physical therapy. Oh, my God. So, it's like the cup and the disc, the cup, disc. These are your transverse process. And I snapped my L3, L4. <laughs> And I went to physical therapy. Can I just, t- for your yeah. sciatica, I'm just going to do what they told me to do at okay. physical therapy. It's exactly this, right? Against the wall, they're like this. And like a lot of this. Okay. A lot of this. And that really helped because then it put the muscles back together. And then I do this. I This this too. Okay. Knee, so it's like elbow, side elbow, movements. Knee, elbow, elbow. And then this with the lifty leg. All right. So... Yeah, Maybe give that a go. I was stretching my hamstrings, and all the websites are like, do not stretch your hamstrings. So. <laughs> Don't two things you can't do. Doggy style, hamstring hamstrings. exercises. Yeah. How's your sciatica? How were you raised, Tulsi Mac? Um, what were your, pa- what's your program, how did they program you? Um, 
how was I raised? Uh, I grew up in Venezuela. My dad's an engineer. My mom's a stay-at-home mom. Um, but mostly my grandma raised me. My parents didn't really talk to me much. I had a nanny, lots of nannies. Okay. Um, but my grandma was like a cool, bad bitch, I would say. Um, she taught me how to text. But I was raised like Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was raised Catholic, and it was, I mean, mostly pretty chill, I would say, rich people stuff, um, to be honest. Uh, so when, uh, rich in Venezuela. Yeah, rich in Venezuela before it all, you know, crashed down. I would. I was about to buy a horse, and then we moved here. So, but my mom was. They told her she had four months to live in Venezuela. So my dad like moved us to Houston right away. Mm-hmm. Um. So then I had to like, I guess, start talking to my parents more. So. Okay. Because yeah, so the nannies, like they left the nannies in Venezuela. Yeah. Where's so your I grandma? She died when I was 12. Okay. So I guess, uh, how was I raised? Uh, distant, independently. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my parents are cool. I and think. did your mom pass away? Uh, no, she's still she's still going. So they gave her four months, and then oh yeah, your dad they gave her was four like, months. Oh, he's she's like a corpse. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and then she's like, no, kept she living. came with us. Oh, okay, because the Houston um, Med Center. Uh huh. Because so they took her there. They were like, you don't have cancer. It's this other thing, and she's fine. But yeah. She got misdiagnosed. Yeah, but uh. they didn't tell us at the moment. They told us later. Classic um, Malpica move. That's uh. my last name. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay, so the Venezuela doctor uh, misdiagnosed. You know, I don't know. You know, Have you been to San Marcos yet? Briefly, not a lot. Because I went in there, you know, uh, I was... Uh, so anyway, we have a sponsor for this program. It's called ACBD Remedy. Go to acbdremedy.com. Use promo code ERIC, that's E-R-I-C, for 20% off your order. But I was trying to, I was hawking, uh, you know, CBD, ACBD Remedy, you know. And I was going around, Ven- uh, not Venezuela, San, Mar- <laughs> San Marcos. I couldn't believe how hippie those, that culture is. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, you know, the, the girls have, uh, you know, hairy armpits and legs. And they're yeah. wearing tie-dye, and they have dreadlocks, and it's like, you know, they're looking at your mood chart. So, like, even if you go to the hospital there, they'll be like, yeah, I think I have sciatica pain, so can you check on that? And they're like, yeah, but how's your chakras? You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's get this feather out, and let's, um, you know. So, uh, so. I, I did a balancing for my chakras the other day. And yeah. she was supposed to help with my cold, and it actually did for a little... I mean, it got better. I still have it, kind of, but it was cool. How did she move your chakras? So it was a distant Reiki healing, okay. so that was kind of weird, but she talked to me for a second, and she made me listen to this, like, calm music, and simultaneously she was doing, like, the healing and then she sends it to you in a recording and it's like 30 minutes of her like singing and talking to you Mm -hmm. so it was pretty interesting because she said that the spirit guides told her um that i should stop eating dessert and i had not told her anything about desserts and i do eat a lot of is that a kryptonite for you yeah so the spirit guides kind of ratted you out a little bit yeah they were like you need to eat more fruit and i was like fuck What's your favorite dessert that takes you out? <laughs> oh, God. Carrot cake. Uh, anything, really. Cookies, cupcakes, um, waffles. Mm. <clears throat> so, and I've said this before on my podcast, but something I had, I had a real struggle in my life, you know. And, you know, you don't always know what vices are going to crop up on you when you're mm-hmm. 35 years old. You know what I mean? And I was almost completely taken out by popcorn laced with bacon fat i started what putting bacon on racks in my oven and then the fat would melt into a pan i took the the bacon fat and i started making popcorn out of this and i gained like 75 pounds in three days oh my god and i was like no i got it all figured out you just render the bacon and it's the most delicious pop like i was like bedridden so that almost like took me out popcorn feels so harmless i know it's just the quantity yeah and the fat 
you know, I think my yeah. spirit guides were like, let's go to box and you fat pig. So I started <laughs> going to fucking Ricky Lord's boxing gym every day. But now I'm sore as hell. But, um, um, all right. So they, you weren't raised with, <laughs> with timeouts. You were raised by nannies. Oh, and, no. I've never been grounded before. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of a cunt baby. You didn't have consequences? No. Do you think that that's a, a bad thing because now you don't have boundaries? Or? No, I mean, I think in, it can come out sometimes, but at the for the most part, I think I came out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, Brian. Um, September 11th, 12.35 a.m., uh-huh. Dulcie Mac posted, (laughs) the obsession with people knowing your personal business is a disease. And I agree. I think all of these questions are, like, really invasive and a (laughs) violation of your privacy. Uh, I've been asked worse. Uh, Yeah. I I just think it's weird. I was actually having an argument with someone, and they kept posting things online. And I was like, why does everyone have to know everything? Uh, about their personal business. They were showcasing it online. Yeah. And it's like, maybe this is making you look bad. Yeah, and then I kept going out places and people would ask me about it. And I'm like, why do you feel like I need to tell, like, talk to you about this? Right. Like, that's... I'm not talking about it in public, so I don't want to talk about it. So other people were posting your personal business, or other people were posting their personal business that affected you, or what do you mean? Both. Okay. Yeah. It was like a situation, and then um, they just kept posting online about it, and and people kept texting me, and I'm like, I don't follow them. I don't want to know what they're posting, you know? Um... But yeah, they were just, and they were also just saying personal stuff about me that I told them, and they actually showed someone my text messages with them, which I think it's just violating in itself. Right, but, if you text yeah. a friend, like, privately, like, hey, I'm kind of struggling about this issue, and then they're like, look what Dulcie showed me. It's yeah. like, yo, I thought we were friends talking, like, off the record. Yeah. Um, post my bullshit on Facebook. Yeah, even if I'm not friends with you anymore, I wouldn't show people. I feel like that's private at that moment, mm. and that just shouldn't be shown to anyone. I had this situation on Facebook recently where someone was talking shit on one of my friends, and um, you know I'm from Jersey. It's like you talk shit on my friends, I'll put your fucking head in the toilet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's my fucking friend. You know what I mean? And someone was just being mean and bitter. And then I was like, I don't know, we got in a little Facebook beef. And then he, like, called me on Facebook Messenger. And in four seconds, he was, like, sobbing, crying. And it's like, okay, are you really, are you really, like, I just poked some holes in the laziness or whatever. And I'm like, are you really mad at this person and you're talking shit on my friend? Or is it really, like, you have personal problems and you don't know how to deal with it, so you push your stuff on this other person? Oh, they're the bad guy. It's like, look at your own life. But now they're uh, on my couch. Um, (laughs) Ownership is important for sure. Ownership. Yeah. Responsibility for your own things. So did you just cut some people out of your life from that whole? Yes. From September 11th, 12.35 (laughs) a.m. You were were pretty heated, pretty. Yes. Maybe a couple tequilas in you deep. Late night. The obsession with people knowing your personal (laughs) business is a disease. Yeah. Uh, speaking of your personal business, your boyfriend, Zach Bogus, and I love that guy. I uh, yeah. met him here at the Roma Room. I'm a haunt of this. Uh, this is kind of my home club, you know, so, uh, but he's always nice to me. I think he's a great guy. Yeah, he's cool. Um, how are you navigating the relationship? Do you guys argue? Is some of your, your parental programming of, you know, not having consequences, you know, do you, do you push his buttons? Do you push his boundaries or, you know, what? Um, yeah, I would say I'm the one that does more pushing, I guess. Um, just because I just, I was single for so long, for like three years before this. So mm-hmm. I think I kind of just forgot. Um, how to like compromise. To, yeah. Um, but if he pisses me off, it's usually on accident. So I just tell him like, hey, this pissed me off. And usually he's pretty good about it. Yeah. So we argue, but it not really often and when we argue is like for a little bit 
do you keep it uh, like funny? Like, do you kind of like no joke argue, or are you like seriously argue something? No, we argue, argue. I've yeah. I have argued with people where we like laugh during it, uh-huh. but um, I tried that. He he does not like that. It's serious. Because <laughs> you're laughing at his feelings. Right, but, I mean, yeah, there are my feelings too, but I tried to, like, be lighter, but he's like, no, I'm serious right now. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Right, right. I remember I had this uh, this girlfriend when I lived back in New York, and the most intense argument we ever got in was about ham. Because, hey, like, oh. I, it was a ham-based argument, you know? But if I could just explain, like, she was, like, really into, like, brands of ham. Like, she would only eat Trader Joe's ham. Okay. And I was like, but, okay, Trader Joe's, we have to take four fucking trains to get to and then lug a shopping cart back to our fifth-floor apartment. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, yeah. there's ham right there. Can I get that ham? So I, like, brought that ham home one time. And I, like, chopped it up in a pasta. And she, like, takes one bite. She's like, this is not Trader Joe's. And I was like, bitch, get your own fucking ham. And I was, like, so mad. Because I'm like, I got the ham. Yeah. I chopped the ham. I made the pasta. Can I have a thank you? Yum, yum, yum. Uh, Get me another ham. I was furious. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Sciatica. How's your sciatica? Uh, Do you go to college? I used to. I didn't graduate, oh, okay. but I did. In Houston? I went to community college in Houston. So I've moved every year for since I was like 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to school in San Diego, Houston, Austin. Oh, okay. And L.A. Uh, but most of the community college, and I went to the L.A. film school. Okay. Um, in L.A., obviously. Um, but I did film in psychology. Oh. Yeah. Um, would, what, did you say you went to a community college in L.A., or was that uh, the film academy? The film oh, okay. uh, college, yeah. Cool. Did you study any screenwriting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite. I think screenwriting, because I, uh, I got my degree in screenwriting, that helps my stand-up so much. Yeah. I used to write, like, you know, for school, but, like, scripts and small stories and stuff like that. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, what do you what do you do for work uh, while you're pursuing your dream? Are you full time comedy? Look at all your shows. Well, right now, yes. Uh, I was working at Home Slice Pizza. Uh huh. I just can't do food anymore. I hadn't done it in a while, so I got really burned out, and then my sciatica was hurting because just um, all the cleaning and shit. But I'm in real estate school. So that's oh, okay. what I'm going to be doing. I take the test in like the next couple weeks. So. I passed that in Jersey, uh, but it oh, didn't nice. stick. I was under my uh, dad's uh, brokerage regime. Gotcha. Um, what did uh, what gave you the courage to do your first open mic? Uh, so I dated a comic a long time ago, like eight years ago. Uh-huh. Seven years ago. I don't know. A long time ago. So I met everyone and then... Back um, in L.A.? No, and here, actually, in Austin and Houston. Um, so I've, I've been around comedy for a long time, and then, I mean, we, we're still friends, and then I became friends with other people, so I was always around it, and mm-hmm. people would, like, ask me, like, or why... They would be like, why don't you do it, you know, like, you could do it, and I'll be like, no, I'll never do stand-up in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... One day I was like, I actually want to do it. So I guess it took me like three months to actually go up. Um, And I overthought it a lot. Like I kept writing and writing and then like people are trying to help me and they'll be like, you just have to go do it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, it has to be perfect. Yeah, (laughs) like I'm still in the writing phase and I need to find. Um, And then I went up and I did like three minutes and to be honest, I wasn't drunk or anything. I don't remember anything. And I didn't record it, so I don't mm-hmm. know. But it, everyone was like, it didn't go that bad. You know? yeah, but yeah. I don't remember Good sad. Yeah, good sad. <laughs> um, so that was here. You did your first in Austin? Houston. Houston, okay. So then you went to college in L.A. Did you do it there at all? No. You I just started, did film school. I started March this year. Oh, wow. Stand okay. Stand-up, yeah. Um, 
All right, you answered that question. What is the worst that comedy has ever made you feel? Like, what, what is, since March? Like, at a show? Yeah, like, have you ever, like, bombed a show and you've just been, like, I've, devastated? I've bombed really hard one time. Yeah. Here at the Roma Room. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly full, lots of comics, you know. But I went up and they were in, like, nothing like it was silent and then i was like what's going on like this not happened to me before i don't know what to do right now Mm -hmm. and then i get off and of course someone was like it's okay and i was like fuck you (laughs) and then (laughs) people kept going up and then everyone kept bombing and i was like maybe it's not just me but after that i was like i literally want to kill myself like this is so i was like what am i doing that's so terrible yeah um but yeah i went outside and then I think I cried. Yeah, I think I cried on the way home. <laughs> uh, hey, we've all been there. What's the best show you ever had? By the way, when Jimmy Schubert was here, Saturday, August 14th, I mean, you crushed that feature set. I oh, watched you perform. You. you were really, really good. Yeah, I was nervous because it was mostly like older white people. Mm. But sometimes Ugh. they love me. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best show was... I, it was actually a guest spot at the Best of Secret group. It Houston. Was, yeah, 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 I've been there. It was the weekend they first opened, so it was packed. And mm-hmm. then they were just, like, laughing a bunch. And I had, like, three applause breaks. And I was like, wow. Um, you wrote this September 10 at 3.16 in the morning. These Can I just are say scary. that? 3.16 yeah. in the morning, you wrote on Facebook... Anyone want to sublease my place in Austin? I need to get the fuck out of here. DM me. What? What happened to you September 10? Was this related to the September 11th incident? Next day, the obsession with people knowing your personal business is a disease? Oh, for sure. The day before, you were like, bitch, what the fuck? I'm subleasing my place. Fuck you, Austin. I'm getting out of here. I tried, but comics are broke and they can't afford my place. <laughs> oh, so you tried to sublease um, it to like some yeah, broke ass bitches. I was about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let me just say this I have PTSD. I was in a cult for four years. Um, it was like a sober cult type situation and they like got money from your parents. It was like from 16 to 20. Um, so it's hard for me to like trust people and be around like people who all know each other. I don't know how to explain it. It's hard for me to have like large group of friends or maneuver when everyone knows about you and stuff. I don't know if that makes sense. But whenever I get stressed and I'm like, and I have an argument with someone or a lot of stressful stuff is happening, I literally just move. Okay. Yeah. Or like, like an I, avoidance issue. Like yeah. You're like... I either disappear for weeks just in my apartment or I go... I was about to drive to Chicago that morning, actually, after I posted that because I was like, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. So, like, when my privacy is being, like, violated or, like, I feel like I can't go places I enjoy, it, like, fucks with me, So, are we talking about, like, an outpatient rehab facility? It started that way. And then you kind of, you have to be there every day, basically, except Sundays. And um, you have to go to meetings every day. So, like, you do go to AA meetings, but you mostly are in this, like, it's hard to explain. But, yeah, it's like this one it guy It started medical, it. and then it was like, hey, this guy's kind of like L. Ron Hubbard. Like. Yeah, so it's this one guy running the whole thing. Everyone thinks the same. Everyone, like, talks the same. Um, and they do, like, invasive therapy all day. And, like, they make you talk about your trauma all the time. Mm. So I can, like, talk about trauma and not feel anything because I've repeated it so much. Okay. Um, and then you have no privacy and then, like... So then it's, like, weird to, like, navigate the world when everyone has heard you recite your trauma 12, 15 times. 
Yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I think I have to move. I'm going to move now, yeah. Dulcie Mac. This is creeping me out. <laughs> so you were, were you having, uh, what what age again did you move from Venezuela to Houston? 13. Okay, so then in Houston you started getting in trouble, right? Bad influences. You started yeah. drinking young and blah, blah, blah. So when you were 16, maybe it was like saving your life to maybe uh, yeah, pull away from time. some of that stuff. And then yeah. how did you realize it turned from something that was positive for you to something that was, like, sketch? I th- I realized that, like, two years into it, I was in it for four years. Um, a lot of people, when they leave that um, program, they kill themselves or, like, overdose. Um, so I've known, like, 16 people that have done that. Oh, um, my God. So... I guess I started realize I realized it this one time actually I just remembered I told them I was gonna go out of town for three weekends in a row and I was like 18 mm-hmm. I'm an adult like I had a job I can go places but they told me I couldn't do that and then everyone starts telling you concerns for you and like telling you it's wrong and then like if you talk to people who are not in the program they like shame you for it Okay. And I literally couldn't do anything because everyone would know um, that I was doing it. Like, I smoked weed, like, twice, and people knew the next day. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know mm-hmm. how you found this out. But yeah. Were they, like, testing your peepees and poopoos or? <laughs> no. Um, I did go to a sober high school, and they did test there. Um, but the place, no, it's more like a guilt trip situation. Some people did lie the whole time, but I couldn't do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Um, so do you sabotage yourself ever? Do you have a fear of success? I don't think you do. <laughs> I think you're killing it. You got all these shows. It. I know with my black and white printer. Well, I need. I I didn't have your plug, so I had to. I, this oh, this yeah. made it easy, so for the end, I can tell where gotcha. you're performing. But like, you seem like. Do you? Uh, you know. I feel like I do. If I'm going through like, I guess I can call it an episode type thing where I want to isolate. I have canceled shows because of that. Um, like an anxiety starts yeah. to like well they, they're gonna find out that I'm terrible and then they're gonna think I'm a loser <laughs> well it's more like my personality completely shuts off so like I can't talk or anything I like mm. I'm completely oh. blank so I'm like I can't perform like this yeah. so when that happens yes I saw the touch I would say I can't do it I was in New Orleans and my friend whispered in my ear that he saw my girlfriend making out with another dude the la- the other oh, night no. and I was like mm. I saw like little like slow tears came out and I had to like go to the host I was like I can't perform I'll, I'll see it tomorrow <laughs> yeah. I'll see it next week and like I was just like uh you know, rendering bacon fat and uh, eating popcorn. popcorn, you know, so it's that's how it got started. I guess I don't know if that's sabotaging or boundaries, but I feel like it can hurt you sometimes if you yeah. do it too much. Yeah. So how do you manage that now? Now that you're aware of your shutdown episodes, do you feel it coming? And is there a way you can kind of stave it off and be like, no, I'm a bad bitch. I'm going to do this fucking show. You know what I mean? I feel like when my I, grandma taught me how to text yeah, when I was fucking did. ten, you know. Um, I feel like whenever it's not, I'm not too deep. I can be like, okay, I'll just go, be chill, just say hi to people. Um, like last night, I wasn't feeling too great, and I had a show, so I just, I went there. I didn't really, not that I ignored people, but I just kind of sat and yeah. chilled before my set. And yeah. then I went up and it was good. So um, I think I can manage it by just 
stay and chill when I go places. I, I'm very much like that because when I perform, you know, let, let's say, I don't know, I'm doing like 12 minutes. It's like, that is kind of a lot, you know? And so it's like, if people are like trying to talk to you in the green room, it's like, hang on, can I, I, I actually want to like oh, study yeah. my jokes, like, because I'm going to perform and if I don't perform well, I'm going to bomb. So like, can you stop talking to me so I can like look at my set? Yeah. You know, I do say that sometimes. Grace makes fun of me because sometimes before my set, I can't talk to anyone. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. no speaking and then afterwards I'm like woo like I don't like to be drunk or yeah. high or anything when I go up I it has happened before but I usually just stay sober until afterwards so by the way I gotta get Grace on uh, I perform with her at the Green J, 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 the Green J, <laughs> Green J and she saw, said some shit about her mom that I still like <laughs> god damn she's talked some shit on her mom on the stage <laughs> Uh, so she's hilarious. I, I'm a big fan of Grace Kirk. Um, so is that your buddy? Uh, that's your, like your best comedy buddy, and you and her like yeah. call each other. She doesn't put your stuff on Facebook or anything like no. that, right? No. You send her Just personal Just the text. funny stuff. Yeah. No, she's great. She's yeah, great. Yeah, I uh, love her. Um, so vices. I think we talked about this a little bit. A little booze, a little weed, black ale karaoke sessions, twenty burgers at Fat Burger. Yeah. Uh, I would say shopping. And oh. mushrooms, uh, and desserts. Yeah, <laughs> carrot cake. Yeah, that can take you out. Yeah, I did. Um, I got. I I cannot say where I procured them. I I cannot say where I procured them, but I did get uh get a massive jar of like beautiful mushroom pills. And I realized I was, like, taking too many a day. Because I would, like, i take vitamin C. I would take vitamin C, two pill, mushroom pills, you know, this, that. Yeah. Like, in the morning for breakfast. And then I was, like, in my car. And then the road was, like. Oh, no. It was, like, waving like this. Like, it was, like, snake arms. You know what yeah. I mean? And I was, like, I think I, like, maybe took too many mushrooms today. <laughs> yeah, that's a little much. Like, this is kind of scary. You're actually supposed to, to microdose, you're supposed to do it, like, three days. You take some. Yeah. And then you take, you don't do it for a couple days. Right. And then you take it again. That, I was not doing that <laughs> yeah. at all. I was taking two in the morning, and if for fun times, one at night, you mm. know, uh, so I would like have, and then I literally feel like I started going into like the spirit world, like yeah. when I was like trying to do normal people stuff, mm -hmm. and it was like kind of, I don't know, I was like I felt like I was like yeah. going crazy a little bit. I think it did. I was kind of going through like a funk, like a little depressive funk at that stage. So like it was good. I feel like it did kind of snap me out and. I don't know if it defragged my hard drive or it, like, recalibrated me, but now I feel like uh, I'm glad I stood on the pedestal of mushrooms. And yeah. now, I'm, now that I'm completely off of it, um, you know, I feel like it, it did have lasting help, you know? Yeah, it works like Lexapro, apparently. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, that's you what I was reading. You wouldn't know anything about that, or? Lexapro? Yeah. I have taken Lexapro. The obsession with people knowing your personal <laughs> business is a disease. Hmm, interesting. What other pills are you taking? Um, <laughs> I used to be addicted to opiates. Oh, yeah? But I haven't taken any in three years. Okay. Yeah. And it was like pill form or? Uh, pill form. I did do heroin once, but that was it. Yeah? Yeah. And how'd you... <laughs> Did you start scaring yourself when you were kind of going down that path? Um, so, like I said, a lot of my friends did drugs and stuff, so I was around that a lot. Um, like, I've had, like, pen pals. My friends have been to prison, you know. Mm. Um, so I was, I mostly just took Percocet, but then one time my friend kept asking me to smoke heroin with her, so I just did it. Um... Yeah, I think that was the last time. And then you, the, you know. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. so. And a lot of my friends kept dying, so I was like, I don't want to do oh that. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's Me so... and Snoop Dogg, you know. Same <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, you know what's so funny about what you're talking about is, um, you know, I know someone struggling with opium, and, uh, and it's like... But then they'll say stuff like AA is a cult and stuff like that. And like you're kind of an embodiment of that where you're like you went to like a hardcore like Scientology level of rehab 
but yeah. then you also have st- substance abuse issues. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, that's dark, and then this is dark. So can I meet in the middle somewhere and like healthily manage my vices? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. For sure. Like this, on this side, everyone was sober. They got out two weeks and they're killing themselves. This side, you know, you know, uh, Shawnee uh, Bancourt <laughs> is like still paying like, you know, Korean men to talk to no, her. No, they and, like, pay it's her. It's awesome. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought the men were the prostitutes. No, no, no. The talk prostitutes. Yeah. She's the talk <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> uh, I got to start charging for this podcast. All right. Have you seen a therapist? Have you got a diagnosis on your mental? How's your sciatica? Uh, I do have a therapist. I see her on Thursdays. Um, and my I used to be why well, I don't used to be they misdiagnosed me bipolar but I'm not I just have anxiety and PTSD okay complex PTSD is what they call it um but sometimes I can act like a bipolar person I guess um, if you're saying the depressive and then the mania, yeah. I don't see you having a lot of mania, though. No, I don't really get mania, so it's more like the depression stuff, and then I can, like, act out in, like, mania-type symptoms, but not really. Um, well, I think that you're a great joke writer, so you, you know, maybe are channeling some of your higher levels of energy to a positive cause. So I think, you know, yeah. you're figuring it out. Um, this is a a question I this this whole podcast is leading up to this question because okay. this is a question I think about all the time. All right, as far as business of comedy, right? You burn a lot of your material, like you put up clips of you doing stand up on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Do you worry about burning your material on social media before you shoot a special or put it all together in an album? Like, what's your view on using social media distribution platforms? Because some people might say it's like David Copperfield, you know, doing a magic trick, and then he does it for TV or something. Or, you know what I mean? And that's like, well, we've already saw that on your Facebook, or we already saw that on your TikTok. So then when your album comes out, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like killing the cat. So what do you think about that? I, well, I just started, obviously, so, um, but everyone always puts up clips, so I was like, I have to put something up, (laughs) you know, so I tried to put, like, very small uh, parts of the joke, but not all of them, and then, I don't know, I don't think I would put a long, really long clip, Um, I've also put just Talk, me talking to hecklers or something mm-hmm. um, but I don't like to put everything up there because I don't feel like I'm fully done writing everything mm-hmm. yet so I don't want to put something and then I want to change it or like someone already saw it like you said right um, but yeah I try not to put too many clips so up. like if a bit it, when it's fully birthed is like five minutes you'll put like 45 seconds up there so it's like that's just the first little yeah thing okay so you are yeah. like conscious of like how but you know I don't know it's like I feel like the business model's changing so fast and so constantly that it's like you know I put specials on YouTube and they have like I don't know a couple thousand views and YouTube didn't give me a fucking dime so I'm like you know and even Shane Gillis is putting you know things on YouTube and stuff yeah. like that Mark Norman put a special on YouTube I'm not sure if he got paid or not you know what I mean so it's like it, it does seem like I like push this ball of funny up a hill and then when I got up there there was like nothing there was like shit for me you know yeah um so I don't know I don't I'm I'm struggling with this too like how how do you figure this out how do you uh you know so do you have like a plan for like the business Dulcie Mac of your comedy career I think I need to get a better clip like a longer clip um, cause I mean, I have one that Hans Kim shot for me, which looks good, but I don't think it was my greatest set. Uh-huh. Um, so when people ask me, I'm like, I guess I have this one. Um, so we filmed so, you like a 10 minute feature spot. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get a 10 minute clip, hopefully yeah. at the secret group this weekend. Or okay, something. cool. Um, but that's my next step, I guess. So I can send... Uh, clips to people um, I don't know I just tried to message people and get on as many spots as I can um, uh, do you want to borrow my camcorder 
for secret group oh sure but you got to bring it back to me i'll bring it back okay but we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah. but i have a really really good camera oh cool yeah um all right that's the end of the forum <laughs> that's that was my last question um so when I saw the Facebook statuses up there, I was like, oh, my God. Because I literally just post and then delete them <laughs> later. And when people ask me about... I get a lot of questions about, like, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just, like, posting random things. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, I, like, have some beers at night. I'm, like, half masturbating. Someone says something annoying, like, while I'm, like, watching fucking squid porn. Yeah. And then I'm, like, go, 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 go. And then it's, like, tattooed on the fucking internet forever. Yeah. And then the next morning I'm, like, how do I delete this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Got people sleeping sure. on my couch. No, it was um, fun, though. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. I'll use your CBD code um, for some tailbone things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I'll give you a little sample. Uh, A, CBD Remedy. Visit acbdremedy.com. Use promo code ERIC for 20% off your order. Um, I'm also partially sponsored by the Instagram of Klaus Schwab Jr. Klaus Schwab Jr. has an Instagram at Klaus Schwab Jr. I don't support anything that he says on there. He's a sociopathic... (laughs) narcissist oligarch banker he'll also be performing uh october 16th with sam tripley in las vegas and eddie bravo uh the career of eric hollerback is really stagnating but klaus schwab jr's uh career is exploding you can go to ericollerbach.com for tickets samtripley.com for tickets i'll also be in louisiana eric hollerback will actually be in louisiana (laughs) doing stand-up october 25 to 28th i think uh the Wurst Beer Garden, Eric Hollerbach is <laughs> headlining. I think that's the 28th. Look at my website for details. Dulcie Mac is performing everywhere. <laughs> She's blowing up. She's a bad bitch. Her, her grandma taught her how to tech, text and she has sciatica. October 6th, today, she'll be at the What the Fuck Bar in Austin. October 8th, the Midnight Box in the Secret Group. Midnight in the Box. Yes. Midnight in the Box at the Secret Group in Houston, Texas. Then uh, the two days later, eight, uh, eighth wonder. Eighth, I'm sorry. This is October eighth wonder, six p.m. Six p.m. at Secret Group. Uh, then you'll be at one ta- one taco in Austin, October fifteenth. Uh, they haven't sent me the details for that one. Um, October sixteenth, okay. I'll be at LG Tabs, nine p.m. in Dallas. October twenty second, I'm be uh, the best of Secret Group. I think it's at 10 p.m. October 23rd, me and Grace have a new show here at Roma Room. It's called Who's Got Game at 10.30. And October 31st, I'll be at Mills and Cookies. Oh, with James Garibay. Yes. Uh, I love James Garibay. He looks a little like a retarded dolphin. Um, <laughs> Francisco Rincon told me that. And now every time I see James Garibay, I go, why are you a retarded dolphin? And that's mean for me. I don't like to bully people, yeah. um, but I've said that to his face before and on Facebook. Um, this has been Highway Diary episode 319 with my guest, Dulcie Mack. Yay. Bye-bye. Yay, bye.